Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. back here on the first team, Joe DeLeo and Ryan Roberts. We are doing our tight end rankings on today's show. We've done a few scouting report episodes. If you've missed those, make sure you go and check those out. But today we're going to be revealing our top five tight ends for the 2024 NFL draft. Ryan, I got to admit this grouping, I'm not sure if I was pleasantly surprised or underwhelmed. I don't think it was either. I think that it was, Mm. this is a very steady group. It's not one of the worst that we've seen, uh, but it is certainly not as talented as the group that we had last year. The one thing I will say before we do get in these rankings, I feel like there's a lot of what ifs, a lot of guys that could play up to some potential and then really ascend. But other than that, I think we've got some talent that is uh, yet to be actually brought to the field and uh, been consistent enough yet. I, I think that this is a low floor, high ceiling class is what I feel like this with Joe. Cause like if we ended yeah. the class today, I agree. I think that it is just like a sporadic class of a lot of what ifs, but the more I dig deep into this class, man, there's more really good athletes that I look at and say, mm-hmm. I could see the trajectory. Like I'm, I'm going to have at least two on my list today that like are not, there yet but if they do get there with the athletic gifts that they have they can be legitimate players in this class so i'm actually pretty excited about this class man i think that there's there's a lot of players that are there's not many blockers in this class i'll put it like that there's not no yeah (laughs) that is very true but there's a lot of good athletes in this class so that tells me in the modern game i think there's a few of these kids that could really develop into potential stars at the NFL level, or at least difference makers. Like I, I, I think there's a couple of guys that get really excited about in this class. So I'm, I'm actually yeah. kind of pumped about this top five, man. I actually am. Before we continue on with this video, I just want to tell you folks about an exciting new partnership that we have with this channel with Underdog Fantasy. Ever since I joined, I've been having so much fun. There are so many different exciting games that make watching games during the offseason more exciting. I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but it has made it way more entertaining since I found Underdog Fantasy. And my favorite game to play so far, which I think you should try out, is Pick'em. It is so easy to play. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite player's stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it simple. With their easy-to-use website and mobile apps, pick between two and five players to fill out your Pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use code HACK, H-A-C-K. Hack, like the name of this channel, use code HACK to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Go sign up. You won't regret it. You're going to have a blast. Check out Underdog Fantasy. I also want to tell you folks about our other reoccurring sponsor that we have on this channel, that being BetOnline, BetOnline.ag, which has all the updated odds, news, and anything for sports betting. It's my go-to source for when I want to be betting specifically on games, I love betting on college basketball or the NBA, uh, especially again during the offseason. Always looking for more fun ways to be uh, focused in on some of these other sports. It's betonline.ag and use promo code BELIEVE50. It's promo code BELIEVE50 to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. 
So to, to throw out a little, already an very early wild card, I bet you didn't think that this name was, was coming your way at number five. Oh. Speaking of good athletes, Uh-oh. I have at number five, Ryan, Bryson Nesbitt from North Carolina. I was a really, oh, come on, don't give me that sigh. Dude, I Oh, no, no, you're, you're going you're gonna to hear why I, I sighed in a second. Go ahead. Okay, well, because you thought he was a surprise for you, didn't you? You thought that that <sighs> was going to be four. surprising. He's my number four. Yeah, I knew this was going to happen. Four. I knew. I thought. Yes. I thought I was so creative for finding yes. him, and I was like, "Wow, yes. this guy's great." So the thing with my thoughts on Nesbit, really quick, um, yeah. I was toying with the thought of maybe moving up him up ahead of uh, Span Ford. That doesn't end up happening. I'll reveal in a second where exactly he is. You could probably guess he's at four, but but Nesbit at six five two thirty five is really lean. Uh huh. He sucks as a blocker. I got, I'm not even going <laughs> to. Well, they don't use him as a blocker. They don't use him in that way. So, well, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, the time they very clearly know that the times that they asked him to block, not only was he bad, but he was a liability. I watched my yeah. man get planted way too many times. <laughs> However, yeah. I, I'm not really putting him onto the field for that reason. And I, it's clear that they were slow to work him onto the field into a bigger role until the end of the year. And I think maybe his role is going to be a lot bigger this upcoming season. What you do get is just a fantastic linear athlete. He accelerates so quickly. I also think that uh, he's got a lot of nuance to his route running and his just ability to navigate traffic. I saw a guy that knew how to find paths in and out of small gaps and make really good, strong catches. His threat as a deep receiver and also as a yak guy, I think is very significant. If he can just give me a little bit more as a blocker, a little bit more, I think he can take the next step. But for him to put up 500 yards last year and to be the third guy in the rotation that was rotated amongst this grouping of of other dudes, I think the ceiling is super, super high for, for Bryson Nesbitt from North Carolina. I, he's a freak, which is why I had him at number four. I mean, like to your point, mm-hmm. Joe, he's 6'5", 6'6", he's 245 pounds. Super lanky, though, man. Like he could play a 260 yes. easy. If he was anywhere near 240 last year, he could play a 260 without any issue, and he won't, he won't sacrifice – any athleticism. To your point, he's a part of a three-headed tight end room. Kamari Morales is kind of their H-back number 88. He does a lot of like the yep. split zone block and stuff. And then they had number 81, who's this a white tight end. I can't remember his name, but he he plays more in line. He's, he's more okay. the blocker. He's fine. Yeah, exactly. This Bryson Nesbitt is a big slot right now. That's what he is. He plays in the slot. He has an incredible catch radius. I think he catches the football well also. Yeah. I think he's got pretty strong hands and he is explosive, man. Like if you put a linebacker or a safety on him one-on-one, it's going to be a long day because he can outreach basically any safety that you're going to put on him and he can outrun any linebacker. He can outrun a lot of safeties that are going to be playing against him too. So yes, this kid is a big slot Kyle Pitts-esque type of tight end. You're not going to use him in line at all Mm. right now. And honestly, I don't even know if he's ever going to be a blocker because he's got kind of that thin lower half. I just don't know if he's going to be able to generate power. But having over 500 yards last year, to your point, in being a part of that tight end rotation, if he's more of the focal point, I think he could have a humongous year. I think he is kind of what we wanted Evan Ingram to be, you know, like coming out of Ole Miss, like a little bit. He's kind of a similar, at least, style of football player, except I think that his ball skills are just better than what Evans were coming out of Ole Miss. So this kid could be the big riser of the group, as I put him at number four. Like I wouldn't be shocked if this gets a top 50, top 100 pick because I think he's going to test insanely well when all is said and done. So I have him at number four. 
not to break this, Joe, because I, I knew that, uh, how, why do we have so many similarities this week? But you had, I already know that you said you had Brevin Span Ford at four. I had yeah. him at number five. Brevin Span Ford is my okay. five on this okay. list. So we literally just flip flop these guys. Okay. I really like the high floor of Brevin Span Ford. He is six foot seven. He's 260 plus pounds. He's a pretty good inline blocker. And I think that it's only going to improve as he continues to add weight to his frame and continues to play with better leverage. But I think he's a pretty flexible kid, moves well in the straight line, has some receiving chops, has a big frame, can catch the football well away from his body. I Nothing dynamic necessarily, but like just a good player, man. Like At worst, I think he's a really good second tight end in a tandem. But if not, I think he could be a low-end starting tight end in the next level and have mm. 40, 50 catches in, in a given season and a few touchdowns because he's got that massive frame. So I like Brevin for what he is. I, I don't think that he's a high upside pick. I think he's more of just good football player, which is why I edged in summer scouting Nesbitt ahead of him. But I really mm. just think that Brevin Spanford is going to be a good football player on the next level. Bryson Nesbitt, though, yeah, is, a, is I, I a have kind admittedly... of a, a more of a swing. He's kind of a more of a swing out there, right? Like Bryson mm. could be very good. Or maybe he's not coming into the NFL this year, right? Like, Brevin Spanford is just going to be a good football player, in my opinion. Like, there's not much variance of his valuation as we currently stand. Right. The reason why I was, like, a little bit cautious on not going all in on Nesbitt is because yeah. he's actually – he's a younger football player. Like, he's not yeah. – I think he's this is his fourth year that he's now entering, but he hasn't played a lot. Yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm misquoting I, that. I think I, it he's might listed be listed as a junior. Yes. He, he's I, listed I, as, a, as a junior right now. Yes. I was going to say, I think he was a third-year player coming up here. I was looking up because we actually um, – one of our guys at RPN actually, um, they recommended him last season kind of during his little bit of a breakout. So he was – yep, he's a true junior this year. So he came in 2021. So he's a young cat to mm. your point. Very v- young. Very young, and I almost wonder if he actually joins this – this class or not, but I think he's going to be a very explosive, uh, troublesome tight end to deal with. Span Ford for me is a little more of the, as you talked about, I think he's a little steadier. Uh, I got a guy that because he's 270, 6'7", I know at the very least I'm getting a really good blocker out of him. I know that I'm getting a guy who's going to step in, he's going to contribute as a blocker and develop into a good blocker because of the size. But he moves well for how big he is. I mean, he's almost built like a second offensive lineman. This isn't a Darnell Washington-type size uh, speed combination. But he moves well. He's got a nice frame. I think that he could be a jump ball guy in the red zone as well. So there's a lot of things to look up for uh, with a Brevin span forward and the impact that, that he can add to the game. So we've revealed our four and fives here. Can, can um, I give you number... a cool note real quick on Nesbitt? Go ahead. Cool note on Nesbitt. Go ahead. His father, Jamar, was an All-SEC player at South Carolina and played 11 seasons in the NFL. So there you go. He's oh, I didn't know NFL, that. He's got some NFL bloodlines apparently as well. Yeah. Yep. I didn't, I didn't know that. That's See, I can kind of see that now that he's got that athletic that athletic yep. family background. Uh, number three for me though, Ryan, was yes. Jatavian Sanders from Texas. I think we're probably going to agree on this one just because of how <sighs> we've lined up the Bowers, Urasek, uh path to where we're about to get here. But Jatevion Sanders, similar to Nesbitt, is not a good blocker, as we've discussed. I think that he's still a little bit, actually significantly better than Nesbitt. That's how bad Nesbitt is as a blocker. I (laughs) just think that you can get him to figure out how to block, but he's not very mean. He's not very aggressive. You're never going to get a player who's uh, just going to completely maul guys. He can contribute if you need to ask him to, which is, you know, 
completely fine. Uh, at the same time, though, we know that he's a great linear athlete. He's somebody who's going to be able to stretch the seam. I don't think he's a, a, a super twitchy guy in terms of change of direction. He's not going to really explode in and out of his cuts. I think that he was a little slow sometimes on, on some of his cuts on his routes. But at the very least, I know that I'm getting a, a dangerous vertical threat, which is why he fits nicely at this number three spot for me. I hate this week, Joe. I hate this week because we basically have the same exact list. This is so Dude, annoying. Every man. time annoying. I'm telling you right now, our lists are going to yeah. be closer and closer together. I'm just telling you yeah. that right now. Because I'm rubbing off on you, right? I'm rubbing off on you. And sure. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, I also had Sanders at number three, former five-star recruit, obviously, at Texas. Uh, six foot four, 240 plus pounds. I think that he is a really densely put together player. And honestly, when you first kind of take a look at him, we're number zero, I would kind of assume that he's a really good blocker just by, by his body type. He's a really physically well put together mm-hmm. player. Doesn't use his physicality in that regard. He is a more of a, I'm going to get in the right spot and I'm not going to run my feet on contact and I'm not going to be overly aggressive. I think that there is some upside there, though. You just have to change a little bit of his just process as a blocker. Like his process needs to change yeah. a little bit because he's got physicality. He's got power. You know how I know? Every time he catches the football in a after-catch situation, you see it. He breaks a ton of tackles. He's physical mm-hmm. in short to intermediate routes. He can he can uncover from linebackers and safeties with his physicality in the passing game, and then he can break some tackles after the play. Good linear athlete. I think he can win down the football field. I think he can be a, ver- a vertical seam stretcher. I think that he can do those types of things as well. I do think there are some limitations as far as – it's a double-edged sword to a degree because the body type that he has allows him to be a physical player after catch, but it also limits his ability to get in and out of breaks consistently and be that guy that is going to create separation as a route runner. So I don't think he's a great route runner. I think he's going to be a really good seam runner. I think he's going to be an after-catch guy, and I think he has developmental potential as a blocker. But to your point, blocking is not there yet. I think it can get there. But it's just a mentality approach that needs to change a little bit. So I like Sanders for who he is. Not as I'm not as high on him as I thought I was going to be heading in yeah. to summer scouting. But I still think he's a good player. I, th- I think he'll be a starting tight end in the NFL potentially. Yeah, yeah, again, that's at the very least, I see Sanders being a really good second tight end that is a receiving threat. Somebody that is yeah. just used as like a really good option to stretch defenses, maybe a team – uh, like the Kansas City Chiefs that like to have these these vertically oriented tight ends if you want somebody who's similar a little bit to Travis Kelsey, but not as good. Uh, number two, who we both assu- assuming we have, uh, Benjamin Urasek from Stanford. Don't sigh. I think it's a it's a commendable thing. Oh, actually, we're, I, I we're have Brock Bowers at number two. So. Stop, I'm, stop. I'm just kidding. Stop. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I would end this episode in a heartbeat if, if, you, if you slandered Brock Bowers' name because I love Brock Bowers. Is it really know, sl- but- Wait, Joe? Is it really slandering if I'm just very high on Benjamin Urasak? Is is that slandering? No. Yes. Like it I'm not saying Brock Bowers opinion. isn't great. I'm just saying Benjamin Urasak is very good as well. That's all I'm saying. But yes, ben- to your point. Benjamin Urasak on the last yes. show that we did, which is uh, the the scouting report episode we did. Yeah. Yeah. I really highlighted highlighted why I was pleasantly surprised by him. Really good vertical athlete. I s- highlighted how I think that. He plays the way that we hoped and assumed that Dalton Kincaid can be in the NFL. And I think that your sex ceiling is higher. I think that he's a better football player coming out right now. If he did come out in the last class, I would have taken him over Dalton Kincaid. I think that your is explosive. And I also, yeah. the thing that I love that I didn't get with Dalton Kincaid 
is the willingness to block. He's not a strong guy, but he gets low. He yeah. loves to hit. He is not afraid of contact. I know that if if I needed him to play in line, maybe bulk him up a little bit, work on his technique a little bit more, add a little bit more lower body strength, he can be impactful in both ways. But playing in this new offense for Stanford, his season he is going to explode, I believe, this year. Put that put a stamp on that. That is going to happen this upcoming season. Benjamin Yurasek is going to be the biggest riser amongst this tight end group. I think it's a good I I, I think it's a good possibility because I talked about this on the Benjamin Yurasek show, the section that Troy Taylor comes in as the former head coach of Sac State. And if you saw what he did with Marshall Martin over the last couple of years, you feel pretty good about the possibility of getting Benjamin Yurasek involved. Because if you go back two years ago, Benjamin had 40-something catches. He had over 600 mm. yards, 15 yards a catch. He looked like the next big thing type of thing for Stanford. This past year, 49 receptions, but only averaged 9.1 yards per catch. Stanford just really struggled to utilize him in the yeah. passing game. And I don't think it was his fault at all. I look at Benjamin Yurasek and I say, not the strongest build of all time, but it's developing. Got up to about 242 pounds. So he's he's steadily building on that frame. But this kid's a special athlete, man. This is the type of kid where I say, big slot, wing, could also throw him into the boundary at some points. I think he's that good of an athlete. I think he's going to be a four, five something type of athlete. He's incredibly explosive, gets up to his top gear. And he's flexible in and out of breaks, man. Like, I think there's more attention to detail that needs to happen as a route runner, you know, being a little more crisp at the top of routes. But he can get in and out of breaks easy, and he creates some instant separation. I think that he can win as an athlete. I think he can win as a, as a route runner. Really, really talented football player who was also a great basketball player coming out of high school as mm. well. So there's, there's that all-around profile. I hope that Stanford is able to utilize him better this year because I think that I agree with you. I think this kid is a mismatch weapon waiting to happen on the next level. I mean, pop on film, and even when Stanford was struggling to get in the football, like you would see him get an end around and go 50 yards. Like how many guys in college football None. <laughs> are able to do that outside of Brock Bowers? Like there's just not many guys that are able to do that. So I think Benjamin Urasek is a special athlete. He took a step forward as a blocker in 2022. It was better. Still not perfect because he lacks power, but it's right. developing. It's developing. Good football player, man. Really good player. Yeah, and again, my big thing with him is, as you talked about, normally when you see a guy that's not productive, there's usually like a reason for that. So like guys we watch this week, like Cage, uh, Cade Stover and CJ Dipri, like they, they're not the most athletic. And there were just some games where defenses weren't covering them. So they were able to be productive. I, you willingly and noticeably see that Yurisek also the, wait, this is the big thing for me. So they not only did they not effectively scheme for him, but because it was the David Shaw run the football old school Stanford, it almost was like you're a tight end at Stanford. We're just going to ask you to block and you got to figure it out. And that's how you're going to get <laughs> yeah. on the field. We're not going to scheme you touches. If you get the football, you get the football. That's great. You're going to have a big game every so often. They asked him to play like an old school, traditional NFL tight end role. And I think that as we change more and more to getting uh, to that Dalton Kincaid, Travis Kelsey type that these teams want and value, Yurisek this upcoming season playing in a more spread out offense, as you mentioned, is only going to enable him uh, to be more productive. And that's why, again, I think that if if things go according to plan, he could have one of the best seasons out of any tight end in college football behind our Lord and Savior Brock Bowers and be in the conversation at a very, very high level, eventually being that meteoric Dalton Kincaid type rise where he is a 
late first round pick. Did you just say our Lord and Savior Brock Bowers? That's literally what you just said, man. That's our said. Lord and Savior Brock Bowers, dude. I I, I love my that. Lord you know, Savior. That all right? That's a good note to to transition us here. I, I'm a. Wait, I need to say one more thing. I need to say one more thing. Go, go. I don't think it's I don't think it's unrealistic to think that there's a world where Benjamin Yorsek is an 800 plus receiver this year and he is a top 50 pick. I, I don't think that's unrealistic. That's all I was going to add in there as we transition to Brock Absolutely. Bowers. Look, I already said this about Brock Bowers, but I'm going to yes. reiterate it. I am obsessed with Brock Bowers. I love Brock Bowers. I really think that when we're done watching all these players, maybe just in the summer and, and somebody emerges, but just at, for summer scouting, I think that there is a strong possibility that Brock Bowers finishes as my top-ranked prospect. He is that good of a football player. The immediate impact that he has had as a young guy being a true junior to bring the athleticism to his six foot four, two hundred and thirty pound frame, to run in the rumored four threes, you see that on film. He yeah. is not only a great route runner and a great receiver, but he's also a guy that provides an impact after the catch because he's got some decent strength despite being only two hundred thirty pounds, and he's pretty shifty for his size as well. The last bit, as I've talked about here on the show with tight ends, you don't need to be a perfect blocker, but as long as you show me an intent, I can get behind that. That you're going to do a a good enough job in the NFL to not be a consistent liability. He's much better blocking in the perimeter, but if I need him to block in line, I think I've seen a little bit of a, a capability for him to do so. And again, a willingness. The question is, do we add more weight to his frame or do we stick at this 230 number? Yeah, That's where things might get a little bit tricky. Joe, you need to watch how you phrase some things, man, because you called him your lord and savior, and you just said you were obsessed with him as well. We're talking about a twenty-year-old boy, like you know what I mean. Like, there's all right, all right, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes. No, 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 no. You made it weird. That didn't. That wasn't weird until you made it weird. You made it weird. Um, look, Brock Bowers is what the modern NFL tight end looks like nowadays, right? I mean, you would like him in theory to be over 240 pounds. You don't want him to be 235. It's not the weights that you would prefer, but we talk about special traits. Special about Brock Bauer is Bowers is that he's going to run in the four fours, I see, on film. I also think that he is one of the best accelerators at tight end ever. Like, not just yeah. that I've seen, ever. How many tight ends do you see, Joe, that you can throw a bubble screen to and he can break an angle as an after-catch player? There's just not many. Like, there's just – Kyle Pitts, sort of. Like, there's just not many guys that are able to do what Brock Bowers can do as a pass receiver. So, short, intermediate, deep separator, works with speed. He's very nimble in and out of breaks. He has ability to win above the rim. He can win after the catch. Any – Tries hard as a blocker, and he's really good as an outside blocker, right? Like on perimeter screens and as a stalk blocker, like he's really good at that. But he also has effort in line. It's not good in line because he's 235 pounds, but it's passable is the point, right? This is a big slot, movable chess piece. I'm not drafting Brock Bowers to put his hand in the dirt 60 snaps a game. Not doing that. But as a guy that you're going to work in the slot, going to work in the boundary, motion him across, work his wing – a lot of things you can do with this young man. He's a special athlete. Like that's just where we are with this kid. Top ten pick in the twenty twenty four NFL draft, in my opinion. And I, I believe I said this on the the Brock Bauer scouting report episode, but I'm going to just re, re, bring this up if I have not. Yep. I think that Kyle Pitts 
I am more willing to see Brock Bowers block if a team like the Atlanta Falcons, where it was, it's kind of like a square block in a round hole where they're they're trying. You see them trying to use Kyle Pitts in line, and he's just he's not going to be good at it. I think that at least if a team drafts him, that is a little bit more desiring a throwback tight end. I think at the very least he could be good enough where he is not a liability like Kyle Pitts. That's why. I'm so high on him. I think that if Kyle Pitts went as high as he did, Brock Bowers could potentially go uh, or should go equally as high in the top five. It's possible. I I think the one thing that that I think the one thing that Kyle had over Brock is that Kyle had a little bit more size as far as length, and he had growth potential, right? Like he was six six and two hundred forty something pounds, so he's a little bit bigger. But I agree, Joe. I mean, this kid's going to be a top five to ten pick. I I think so. Absolutely. He's just he's a special athlete. I mean. You can call him a wide receiver. You can call him a tight end. You can call him a pass catcher. That's probably what I'm going to call him most in this class is a pass catcher. He's a guy that is there to make mismatches, and he does enough as a blocker that it's sustainable. So, yeah, I mean, he's what this is one of those players, and we know this is going to happen. There's going to be guys that overthink this. There are every single oh, year. Some scouts on Twitter are going to say, "I don't know, man. I don't know if we. Uh, I don't know if he's quite as good as people act like he is." It's like, guys, there are some players every single year that are just an easy, easy evaluation. Two years ago, it was Kyle Hamilton. Like this past year, it was Will Anderson. This year, it's Brock. Yes. Like it's just an easy evaluation. It just it just should not be much of a talking point. He's a really good football player. Move on to the next tight ends. That's where we are with Brock. Don't overthink Brock Bowers, Joe DeLeon, Sean Anderson. Or oh my God, I've messed up. Oh, at Joe DeLeon, at Joe at Joe DeLeon, at Rising Draft. We'll be back with more. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.